Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Second half of the NBA season begins tonight, and we are about to take you through everything you need to know. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I am Chris Carlin. He is Joe Fortenbaugh. Joseph, good afternoon. Great to have you back. Nice little time off. The front end, you were working, but the back end, you got a little golfing. We'll discuss that later down in the great state of Florida. Most important question, how do they plan on voting in the upcoming election? Well, Joe, it's interesting. I did a straw poll. Good. uh, Spent most of the day Thursday and Friday just talking to the average folks. (laughs) (laughs) Just really pressing the flesh down there in the great state of Florida. Exactly. Hanging out at the municipal buildings, you know, just doing all the kind of stuff you need to do to get ready for the really important topics and we will of course delve into it all right here on carlin versus joe we are presented by progressive insurance for a job you'll love visit progressive.com slash careers but joseph today we're going to start things a little bit differently because as we get ready for the second half of the nba season we start to think about what the most important storylines are going to be and it's funny Over the last few days, as this has been discussed, whether it's across ESPN radio or written about other places, there's an awful lot of attention paid to what's going on in Milwaukee with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I understand that. And what are they going to be in the second half of the year? But Joe, Joe, they're not even a top five storyline in the second half of the year. Not even a top. Okay. I understand if they're not top one. You Mm -hmm. don't even have them top five? That's correct. You know why? Because we're going Carlin versus consensus, Ah. baby. There's only one NFL team everyone is high on this week, except Chris Carlin. (laughs) These are NFL power rankings like you've never heard before. It's Carlin versus C-O-N-S-E-N-S-U-S. Consensus. I can spell consensus. I have a degree in English. Jerk. Well, we should probably update the open look. Yeah, I'd say the consensus would agree that this is an NBA segment. (laughs) (laughs) So we are off to a Carlin-esque start as I return to the chair after a brief three-day respite. So let's just go. Number five. Number five. Joe, can the Knicks actually make it home to be at their best in the postseason. You know, we look at the Knicks right now, and they have injury concerns, and there's always going to be a lot of attention paid to the Knicks because everybody in New York gets excited about where they're headed when things start to look really good, but they're banged up. We know about OJ on, uh, OJ on, OG Ananobi and uh, his situation and whether or not he's going to be ready for the playoffs, let alone the end of the regular season. Uh, Julius Randle and his dislocated shoulder, they have not even ruled out season-ending surgery yet. He confirmed that the other day. They are somewhat deeper than they have been with the moves that they have made. But are they going to be able to maintain that and actually be a legitimate part of the discussion? And the other thing is 
here is this, Joe. Is Tom Thibodeau not going to run them into the ground? Nick Sixers play each other tonight. Big time matchup. Nick Sixers currently 4-5 respectively in the East. If the season ended today, Philadelphia and New York in the opening round of the playoffs. I think that would get some people excited. I have faith in the Knicks, but we got to figure out what's going on with Julius Randle. Because while Jalen Brunson is taking over when it comes to Madison Square Garden and the star player for the New York Knicks, you're going to need Randle if you're going to try to make a deep run. The East is vulnerable. Outside of Boston, it looks quite vulnerable. This would be the year the Knicks could make some noise. I totally agree. Number four. This is the Los Angeles Clippers spot on this list. Joe, are they going to stay healthy enough to be a a legitimate threat at winning a championship? I think that we are all very excited by the fact that the Clippers have played 53 games. Paul George has played 50. James Harden has played 48. Kawhi Leonard has played 48. That's amazing news. And I expect Ty Lue to manage that correctly here in the second half of the season. Because if these three guys are on the court and then you add some of the other guys that they uh, have been able to rely on, the Norman Powells of the world, to help out, they are absolutely a legitimate, in fact, I'd even say favorite to get out of the West. Keep your eyes on them tonight. They are in OKC taking on the Thunder, the current two seed. Thunder laying two and a half in that matchup. Series between the two of them this season, 1-1, although the Thunder win came without Kawhi Leonard playing for the Clippers. Clippers number one in the NBA in offensive efficiency when playing on the road. They've covered the spread in 12 of their last 17 on the road. Translation, they are a very good road team. This matchup tonight is going to be huge. I think the Clippers are a fascinating story out West because they could be the cream of the crop by the time we get to the postseason. Number three. Is Jason Tatum finally going to have some MVP moments here in the second half? You and I have spent a lot of time talking about this, but have you noticed? Have you noticed, Joe? Because you started this dialogue, it has started to pick up steam around the league. We have seen a lot more discussion about why Tatum is not necessarily in the M- in the MVP uh, discussion, but his numbers are going up because the talk is going up. It's up to 25 to 1 now. I believe he's the fourth favorite, if not fourth, fifth yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so is he going to have a few of those moments? I think he will. Because he talked at length about it over the weekend at the uh, NBA All-Star Game when he was asked about it. Says, you know, they hold the finals against me a couple of years ago. But it's clear that it is important to him, even though he's always going to say the right thing when it comes to the team. Of course. See, here's the key. We played this at 100-1 to for him to an MVP. And then Stephen A. Smith went on first take last Thursday and started making the case and started creating a whole lot of noise. And Stephen A. Smith can move some markets, I'll tell you what. The shop that had 100 to 1 dropped him to 50 to 1. ESPN Bet had him 50 to 1, dropped him 25 to 1. So they're moving. They're moving because he's the best player on the best team. Celtics have the fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way. So Tatum is going to have plenty of opportunity to distance himself from the rest of the Eastern Conference in terms of the standings and to put up some big numbers because there are some marquee showdowns coming up. Sunday, March 3rd, your boy's looking to get to the Garden, taking his kids to their first basketball game. Boston hosting the Warriors in a big-time showdown. National TV, everyone's going to be watching. That's a game where you want to drop 40. Totally agree. Number two. How about the Phoenix Suns? 
Are Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns going to be a flip-the-switch team, Joe? We, we have already seen that Durant, Booker, and Beal have not played nearly enough games together. But in the second half of the year, if healthy, are they going to be able to piece that together enough to where once the playoffs starts, or playoffs start, they're a flip-the-switch team, kind of like what we saw from the Lakers last year when they went into the play-in tournament. Obviously, the talent is there for them to be just that. Something doesn't smell right in Phoenix, Joe. Well, the problem is Bradley Beal. He's got another hamstring injury. He's questionable for tonight's game at Dallas, which, again, another monster game on tonight's schedule. If you have not seen tonight's NBA card, it is phenomenal. Loaded. Phenomenal. Dallas laying two and a half in that matchup. I like the Mavericks there. Beal questionable, but suffered the hamstring injury before the break. Uh, some were talking that this could have him out for a few weeks, so we'll see how it develops. With the big three on the court this season, Phoenix is outscoring the opposition by an average of 13 points per 48 minutes. That is insane. They're blowing everyone out. But with any combination of the big three not on the court, say it's Durant and Beal but not Booker, they're outscoring the opposition by just one point per 48 minutes. They're going to need all three healthy, and that's a big question mark. And finally, number one. Joe, are the newcomers to be taken seriously? And by newcomers, I'm referencing three teams here. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've talked at length about the defense of the Timberwolves and how good it has been. And when you look at who they would play potentially right now in the West uh, as being the number one seed in the first round, we're talking about the Lakers. We're talking about the Warriors. Uh, we're talking about teams that have been there and have done that. So with that being the case, what have they done against them this year? Timberwolves have actually fared really well against the uh, 7 through 10 teams in the West when you count the Mavericks and the Kings in there too. Uh, they have been like 8-2 and two against those teams. I worry about inexperience. The Timberwolves, most of their play, a couple of their players have experience, but haven't. Nobody's gotten out of the second round outside of Rudy Gobert. Then you go to Oklahoma City, and there's virtually no experience out of SGA and a little bit in the postseason. And Cleveland, I just Donovan Mitchell's amazing, Joe. I don't know that I believe enough in those other guys yet. They're they're younger guys with great talent. I, I love Mobley as a player, but I don't know that those are ready for primetime type players. So am I to legitimately take the newcomers seriously yet? I mean, they're all 25 to 1 to win the title, which I think is an excellent price, but more on that down the line. Just because something hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen. Agreed. In hindsight, Last year, the Nuggets were the number one seed in the Western Conference. In hindsight, oh, it was obvious they were going to win the title. They were destructive. But when we went into the postseason last year, people looked at Denver. I don't know. I don't know. LeBron and the Lakers are playing pretty well right now. I don't well, they, know if history, Denver though, can win the of... big series. I don't know. And then they crushed everybody in the playoffs. Crushed them. So don't discount a really good basketball team just because we haven't seen it before. No one had seen it from the Warriors in 2014-2015. They got eliminated in seven in the opening round by the Clippers the year before, and then they went on to start a dynasty. I believe one of those teams 
is going to step up and have a pretty decent run. With, and a pretty decent run to me means getting to the conference finals. I think one of those teams will get to the conference finals. But um, to your point, you know, we're looking back at Denver last year. They had the history, though, of the postseason of not getting it done. They had been there, but they had not delivered. These teams, for the most part, haven't even really been there yet. That's what concerns me. You're right. Just because they haven't done it doesn't mean that they won't. And as I say that you're right, we can end the show right there. That's There's it for the me, everybody. Exactly. Well done. We're good. There's the storyline everybody else, though, has at the top of their list. Is it the beginning of the end for Giannis in Milwaukee? Did I just say that? Apparently I did. It's next. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. After the Doc Rivers comments yesterday, before he steps into the job, I just, I don't know that that's going to lend itself to being able to have success. So when is it okay to panic about what's going on in Milwaukee? The reason the Bucks have been so proactive is because they know they have no margin for error when it comes to Giannis, as any team with a megastar doesn't have. This is as much pressure as any team in sports right now has. The only way to shut everyone up is to win, and not just win enough to be a two-seed, win it all. 
It's getting dicey in Milwaukee. Getting dicey. Getting dicey, and it shouldn't be. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I got to tell you, like, I'm starting to not like the whole dynamic about what's going on with the Bucks right now. Can't be too upset about it. It didn't even make your top five storylines. Well, that's because I'm different, Joe. And I, I just try to make people think. I don't yeah. want to go to the obvious all the time. It's interesting. <laughs> these, I didn't say the it Sir was Isaac Newton five. of sports talk radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, here's the thing. All right, what do we got? When it comes to Giannis, he got what he wanted here. He got Dame Lillard here. He got the coach that supposedly he would have signed off on in the beginning, fired relatively quickly. He got Doc in here, and Doc's turning around and pointing the finger at everybody else. What a a stunner that is. I mean, when exactly is this going to get right here for Milwaukee? Because I'm getting the sense. I mean, listen to Wendy about this situation. I'm getting the sense that Giannis getting a little bit on the diva side right now when we saw him sign an extension, but already maybe not married to Milwaukee for the longest term. In the reality of the modern NBA is that you earn it with your stars year to year. And a star's contract status no longer means that he is safe in an organization. And that's not to imply anything there with Giannis. The Bucks understand that as well as anybody. Even though he signed a big contract extension before the season, that really only protected the Bucks to get a huge return in the event that he does ask for a trade. The reason the Bucks have been so proactive is because they know they have no margin for air when it comes to Giannis as any team with a megastar doesn't have in this day and age. Joe, for the first time, I'm legit worried about where the Bucs are right now. Legit worried. In what regard? Like the big picture, long-term Giannis Antetokounmpo led Bucs? Feels like Giannis is becoming a bit of a diva. Okay. Okay. We, We look back to last year. He wanted the changing a coach with Budenholzer who can wear on people. They change it. Uh, he hadn't signed his extension yet, but obviously they're going to consult with him, and he was fine with Adrian Griffin being the guy, and then not even half a season in, and he gets Griffin fired. Then he starts talking about how much more work he had to do when he wasn't around. They get Dame Lillard. The Defensively, this team is nowhere near where they were before, and now you brought in a coach who is not exactly changing things quickly, and Maybe they will, but Doc is quick to point the finger in other directions already. Like, all of this feels like it's a bad combination for a team that should be winning a championship. One, That's one way to look at it. That's a popular way to look at it. People are highlighting some of the issues here with this team. So now I'm not an original thinker. Well, I mean... <laughs> This is what most people are saying. What's wrong with the box? Is Giannis going to leave? Is Giannis a diva? You could also flip this upside down and you could say, all right, I see a superstar talent who wants to win. And I see a team that wants to make the superstar happy. Because that's another way you could look at this. Giannis wants to compete for titles. He made it clear in the offseason. They went out and they got Dame Lillard. He then signed the extension. They brought in a new head coach. It wasn't working. Giannis realized that. They got him out the door. They brought in Doc Rivers, someone who we can criticize him all we want, but at the same time, a lot more experience, has been to the postseason, has won a championship. We can, again, knock him all we want, but a lot more experience than Adrian Griffin had. So the organization is responding. They are trying to do everything they can to win. And then, oh, by the way, it's not like right now they're the Lakers at 30 and 26 sitting in the nine seed. 
Mm-hmm. And with the Lakers, we keep sitting here saying, don't worry, they made a second-half push last year. They'll probably do it again. The Bucs are 35-21. and 21. They have the seventh-best winning percentage in the NBA. Is there cause for concern? Yeah, because I think we all thought it would look a lot better early, but there's still plenty of time to get this right. I'm not going to push the panic button in Milwaukee just yet. I'm going to give them time to see if they can figure this out. I, I understand that. I, I think the bigger thing for me, though, right now becomes about what – their identity in this second half of the season is going to be. Giannis's brand has always been, I'm the guy with the big smile, I'm the good guy, right? And he's kind of sticking to that outwardly, but it feels like behind the scenes that that's kind of changing a little bit. And I get it. When you've reached that level, you deserve to have that kind of say in everything. But don't reach that level, Joe, and then tell me, well, this is game's team. Don't do that. Because no, no, this is this is on you. Let's not get into the assigning of blame. This is on you. So when you're that superstar and they go out and do those things, why shouldn't we hold you accountable for it? I don't know if he's trying to put the blame on Dame. I I I, I think well, more than anything. Dame's team, though. What's that, the like, context of that? Do we do we have that audio by any chance? Like, what is the context of him saying that it's Dame's team? It wasn't the context of blaming anybody. But it was the context of trying to show respect to Damon, the player yeah. that he is. Okay. But it, but it's really a two-pronged effect when you make a comment like that. Like, hey, this is Dame's team. He's going to be our closer. He's going to do these things. But it's also saying, you know, we have our success. Subliminally, it's saying this. We have our success, but we come up short. Yeah, maybe not the big fellas' uh, fault. already won one. I don't think that's what he's doing. Oh, I think there's a you, little bit. Listen. You think Giannis I, is, is trying to set the stage that if this doesn't go well, it's all Lillard's fault? Well, then why are we talking about Giannis potentially being out after this year already? Well, because like that's what we do with the NBA. Yeah. Because we know that Philadelphia is circling. We know the Warriors are circling. There are at least a couple teams out there that would make a lot of sense for him that he would probably like to leave and play at. And when you give a guy a taste of that kind of power, Giannis comes out and says, well, let's see what they do. I'm not signing anything until I see what they do. And then they immediately go out and get you Dame Lillard. You have a taste of the juice of the power. It's tough to go back once you realize you've got that much. But mm-hmm. let's let's be honest here. We open the show by taking three really good regular season teams this year. Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Cleveland. Those three teams are either one or two seeds in their respective conference. And you know what we said about them? Uh, I don't know if I trust them in the playoffs because I haven't seen it before. Then we transition to a conversation about Milwaukee. We've seen Giannis do it in the playoffs before. We've seen Dame take the Blazers to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors before. But because we've seen it from them, for some reason we're not giving them the benefit of the doubt. We're judging them on what we've seen so far so we can knock them. And then when it comes to Giannis and the Bucks, or when it comes to the other teams because they haven't delivered in the postseason before, we're knocking them. Right? It's a very interesting scale of judgment we're using right now. The three wow. really good regular season teams, well, I haven't seen it before, don't trust you. Giannis and Dame, well, I've seen it before, but based on what I've seen so far this year, don't trust you either. All right, well, well do we trust? There, two things, though. I haven't seen them together do it, and we would agree that there's been a massive defensive fall-off for that team. They're 35-21 and 21 together. I, I, they have the seventh they, best they winning percentage in the NBA. Weeks into the year. But they're still winning. Like, we're <laughs> upset with Milwaukee, and they're still winning. They're a three seed. 
We look at the Warriors. Eh, the Warriors could turn it around. Uh, the Lakers are going to turn it around. Those two teams stink relative to Milwaukee. But, but, and when we're talking about those other teams, it's not to say they're not going to do it because they haven't before. It's we haven't seen it. We don't know. And I haven't seen Giannis and Dame together here in the postseason. We don't know. And already these discussions are picking up because I think Giannis is starting to really master the assigning of blame when things don't go right. That's what it feels like. To well, me. then between him and Rivers, it's going to be a hell of a second half of the season. <laughs> it's Carlin it's Carl versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80, my friends. Are we basically one, way, one week away from knowing already what's going to happen with the Bears quarterback situation? My earphones keep popping out of my ears. It's, it's... You're a little rusty. You've been away for a few days. You're back on the horse, though. You'll be strong. You'll get stronger as the show goes on. That's <laughs> what I'd like to believe. The horse ain't getting stronger as the show goes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's next. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. It's always the right time to draft a franchise quarterback if you deem him to be one. With Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels in their top three, maybe the Patriots see it a different way. Maybe they say, we want J.J. McCarthy. We can trade down and still get our quarterback of the future. But regardless of where they take him, they have to come out of this draft with a quarterback. The Patriots may also have a different evaluation of quarterbacks two and three than I do and say to themselves, well, if we're not guaranteed our guy or one of our two guys, then we might pivot. It is a fascinating situation, and it's going to continue to take shape over the coming weeks, maybe sooner rather than later. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. If you're not following us on social, by all means, you should be doing that. At Jay Fortenbaugh on Instagram, at that guy Carlin over there as well. We welcome in the great Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL Draft Analyst and co-host of Dari and Mel on ESPN Radio every Saturday morning. Mel in his weekly spot with us, Carlin, 
and Joe. Mel, let's get right into this. Sure. No foreplay, Mel. None. And <laughs> I'm ready to go. Well, let's get right, right, to the, right to the subject matter. Let's do it, Mel. <laughs> Matt Miller thinks that the Patriots should not draft a quarterback at number three. Here was his tweet about this. The Patriots should not take a quarterback at three overall. The roster is not ready for a rookie quarterback and would just set his development back. This isn't Houston with a Hall of Fame left tackle and solid supporting cast. This is closer to Carolina, and we saw how that worked out. All right, so what do you think? Well, I think you take the quarterback. I don't think you worry about those types of things. You protect your quarterback by, like, Patrick Mahomes that even play his first year when Kansas City was a playoff team with Alex Smith. You know, you look about, you know, Love sat for well, those three years. So, to me, you can handle things differently than everybody else does based on your personnel. If you're afraid your quarterback's going to get hurt or he's not ready, you can handle that differently. You can obviously surround that quarterback. And Mac Jones, they kind of left out to dry. They said, okay, your offensive line's going to be bad. We're not going to get your receivers. We're going to change coordinators. We're not going to get up proven guys there after McDaniels left, and here you are. Go do your job. So they didn't give Mac Jones a fighting chance in New England, right? So again, in New England, what they have to do is improve those areas. Carolina, we all talked on draft. They like they had this great infrastructure, and Houston maybe didn't quite have that infrastructure. It turned out they did, and Carolina didn't. Okay, so again, you never know. Best laid plans, right? So I think if you're you can't worry about that. You have to, if the quarterback is elite, and you team him to be a superstar caliber quarterback, a super blue chip quarterback, you don't worry about your personnel at other positions. You take that quarterback. Now, if you don't believe in that quarterback, obviously no matter what you have, you're not taking him. But you can't worry about get the quarterback next year or the year after. Who knows how those quarterbacks are going to stack up. If you believe strongly in these quarterbacks as being elite, you got to take them regardless of what your talent base looks like. Very well said. Number one pick overall if the Bears stick with Fields, that, that could be available for trade. If Washington goes up to one and the Bears come back to two, maybe the Bears would trade again. Who knows? That could be available for trade. Number three, maybe if New England doesn't like what's on the board, that could be available for trade. What we're getting at is this. The the farthest a team has ever come up in the common draft era to get into the top three was 1984. The Patriots were sitting at spot number 16. They traded all the way up to number one with Cincinnati to draft wide receiver Irving Fryer. Now, in this day and age, that would be insane to watch a team go up that high to draft a wide receiver, but it's a different era. We were kicking this around this morning. We wanted your thoughts. How far back can we go before you draw the line and say no? Any team after this point is not trading into the top three. I think Atlanta at eight is the spot where you say, boy, it would take so much to go from eight to one. But, hey, Atlanta's in a division where you imagine getting Caleb Williams and the NFC getting Caleb Williams. Uh, it would be a great opportunity there. But how much do you have to give up? Field Yates and I did a podcast this morning. We just finished talking about all these different scenarios. And then it gets into, first of all, is there another quarterback Atlanta likes? I mean, there's more than just the three. Do they like J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix? Uh, at eight, is that's a little rich for me. But how do they feel? Uh, is there a possibility they could go up from eight to two or three, depending upon how things are? What if Chicago goes from one to two and then decides, okay, well, we'll go from two to down a little bit further, and we can get this bonanza of, of draft picks. If we decide Justin Fields is our guy and everybody wants Caleb, everybody wants Drake or Jaden, and we can take, keep taking advantage of that, that, the, that you know, just we've got to have this quarterback type of mentality the teams have. If they feel Fields is their guy, they can, they can parlay these picks into a lot of extra draft choices. So 
it really depends upon what Atlanta feels about where they are with these young quarterbacks. How do they feel about a Kirk Cousins? Can they go get him? Is there another option out there with you know Russell Wilson? You know, they, this all has to be figured out. But the bottom line with these young quarterbacks is, guys, do you like all three? Uh, you know, maybe you do. Hey, Ben Roethlisberger was the third quarterback. Pittsburgh waited for him. They didn't trade up. They waited. They fell in their lap. Now, did they love him? Well, if they loved him, would they be a little bit afraid that he could maybe be gone? Well, they just sat there and took him, right? Buffalo moved up to get Josh when Josh fell. When I thought he was going to be the number one pick that morning, he goes seventh. Buffalo moved up to get him, right? So, again, teams will maneuver. Mahomes, Watson, they will maneuver to do that type of thing when a guy drops a little bit. Sometimes they fall in your lap, but it really depends upon that third quarterback. Do you agree that he's our guy if the top two are gone. We don't know that with some of these teams going into this draft. Quick follow-up. Denver at 12 in the market for a quarterback. Raiders at 13 in the market for a quarterback. You, you think that's too far back for either to consider trading into the top three? It's going to, it would be, well, to get to three, you could, Joe. You could do that. I think for Denver to move up to there, but New England needs a quarterback. Washington has to have a quarterback. So, and you have these three guys that are all highly, highly regarded. So, yeah, could they not like one of these three? Drake May had some struggles late in the year, right? Jaden Daniels had a fourth round grade going into this year. You know, Caleb, people are nitpicking the end of the year on him after being sensational of 2022 and the start of 2023. So, you never know how that's going to go. But, yeah, you could go if you're Denver Ray is up to the three spot, but the problem is New England is going to give up a quarterback? Really? You're, you're somebody's going to move up and give up the ranch to get this guy, but a team that desperately needs one is going to say, oh, go get him. We don't want him. We'll take all those picks. Bottom line is this is the most important position in any sport. Quarterback in the National Football League is the most important position. you got to get it right, but you got to have strong conviction and belief in that quarterback. So if they do feel that Drake May or Jaden is, is, is the guy we have to have, why in the world would you consider trading that pick no matter what teams want to get you in return mel kuyper jr with us you know the voice espn nfl draft analyst along those lines across the network this week a lot of discussion about the giants and how they should trade up to number three with the patriots to go and take whoever it is whether it's daniels or may who is left what do you think about that versus daniel jones I like Daniel Jones. I mean, everybody likes the, the unknown better than what we know because they people, oh, we know Daniel Jones isn't that good. Daniel Jones two years ago was pretty doggone good. So, again, he's still a young quarterback, and he had no help last year, and things went awry, and they got hurt. So everybody, everybody likes the, the option that we don't know anything about better than the, the player we have. They all think this option we don't know a lot about is going to be great, and with time and time out, time and time out, it turns out to be some of those quarterbacks, and a lot of these guys were never, nothing special once I got into the NFL. I just believe that Daniel Jones is the right man for the job, and I got to get either Malik Neighbors or a Romo Dunze to help out at wide receiver, and that would be the best option at six. One of those two receivers is going to be there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the first receiver off the board somewhere around that fourth spot, but Neighbors and Odunze, both could still be there at six. One of those two certainly will be there, and that one of those picks for the Giants, that pick for the Giants has to be one of those two receivers. Mel, awesome stuff as usual. You know him from the First Draft Podcast. You know him from Darian Mel, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you know him from, of course, being the top NFL draft analyst that there has ever been. Mel, you're the best. Thank you, Mel. Pumpkin, pumpkin pie pick finish 14 and 6. That's all I'll say. 14 and 6. Look at you. Assigning credit to others. How about that? I love it. I love it. <sighs> we, were, we were red hot early. 
we got cold late, and then we found a way to leave the Super Bowl with a winner. That was the most important thing. We wanted to leave the people with a winner for the remainder of the season, and it was able to work out. It's like when you hit Oof. that last shot on the golf course, and it's going to bring you back because it's a beaut. Yeah, yeah. It's a beaut. Find a way to par 18 after three straight triples, and you're like, you know what? I am pretty good at this sport. I'm figuring it out. We finally know why the Eagles season ended in complete oh. disaster. <laughs> That's next. Carlin versus Joe, Sirius XM, Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Giving out fireball in this hole last summer. My buddies from Rhode Island were here. And they said, hey, you get a, instead of you carrying out the fireball, we need a way to deliver the fireball. So Christmas comes, I get a box of 200 t-shirts and this, and this cannon. <laughs> the audio on this guy was fantastic. Carlin's filming him from 70 yards away. You can hear every word the guy's saying. I have no idea the technology that was used. This guy's just firing t-shirts at people driving by. Carlin doing an excellent job of investigative journalism, getting to the bottom of everything. It was a wild scene, man. Yeah, what was going on down there? And we've made it clear uh, that I want everyone to know. We did not get the full story from you. We watched the video and we said, save it for this specific segment on air. We want to hear it in real time. So the other day, I, I went down to Florida by myself for two days and I walked onto a golf course and just got paired up with, with two guys, Billy and Drew. Great guys. Shout out Billy and Drew. Billy's mom lives on this course and she knows this guy. And so I don't know anything about this, but we pull up to the green, it was probably like the seventh hole at this golf course. And all of a sudden, I just see this orange thing flying in the air and it hits the cart in front of me. I'm like, what the hell was that? Billy's walking over. This is a buddy of his who has apparently been giving out shots of fireball, the little mini airplane bottles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, to golfers, <laughs> yes, we are, to golfers who are coming by. And... So instead of continuing to walk out, you know, he's a good 35, 40 yards away, as you detailed there. And he lives on this fairway, this right green. there on this green. So this is this his court. backyard. Yes. Okay. That's quite literally his backyard. So 
he um, has he has been walking out and hey, you want a shot? Here you go, go and enjoy. So his buddies decided this year we got to figure out a better way to do this, and they got him two hundred T-shirts that say his name and it says "Thanks, Howard." on the t-shirt okay and a t-shirt cannon and so he wraps up the little mini bottle of fireball with a couple of little fireball candies stuffs it in the t-shirt gun after he tapes it up and launches it at golfers as they come by like all golfers or what does he do he sits out there maybe 20 minutes like this is a big investment my impression was he sits out there like the whole day hey you want a shot that's a right. lot of T-shirts Boom. and a lot of booze. And he's footing the bill for all this. You feel like he should be getting a deal with Fireball sometime in the near future. Well, well I don't know if Fireball I'll, wants to be involved I'll tell you in this. this. So obviously I put this video on TikTok and on social media. Of course. And, and if you haven't seen it, go to go to my Instagram or my TikTok. It's that guy, Carlin. Joe, That I put this video up at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. So less than 48 hours ago. Mm-hmm. It's got 1.4 million views. 1.4 million views? Yes. And I take it that trumps anything that you've put up before? I, I only had one that did any more, and that was for some reason of me and Canty in the booth. But I got to tell you, this is by far much more interesting. What could you and Canty have been doing that was worth more than 1.3 million views? I was calling a Lamar Jackson touchdown. I think it just got caught up in somebody's algorithm. Okay. That was it. <laughs> but the, and, and Joe, the comments that I get on here, I am not exaggerating. There are at least 50 to 60 women who are asking, is he single? Really? Where is he in Florida? Well, he seems like a good time. Yeah. And uh, one other thing I found out, too, retired military. So thank you for your service. And, like, thank you for your service. No, it's thank you for your services. It's plural. Yes. You just thank you for all the services you have provided, both past, present, and future. Yeah. So this guy, is he like fully retired? Is this what he spends his retirement doing? Sitting in his backyard on the seventh fairway of this golf course in Florida, firing T-shirt cannon T-shirts to individuals who, when they open the T-shirt, they find out that there is a shot of fireball wrapped in there. Yeah, I think you pretty much just summed it up. That's his retirement. That's an incredible way to spend your retirement. (laughs) That motivates me to save more money. And. Uh, like one or two people from Fireball and from other alcohol companies have immediately sent me DMs saying, where is this guy? Who is he? I don't know his last name. I don't know anything else about him. The other guys I was playing with, Billy and Drew, they know him. But like I said, I, I told him where the course was that he was. But it was amazing. I've never seen a Like, we need to start giving Florida a little bit more credit. After this, yeah, you don't need to convince me. There's like, a lot of good stuff in Florida. This is the Florida man you want. This is Florida man. This <laughs> is the one we've been talking about all these times. This is what the state of Florida is saying right now. Like, this is the guy we've been talking about, not the guy that steals alligators or Carol Baskin, whatever her name is. <laughs> Remember the whole thing from Tiger? What Tiger? What's the guy? What was that? Tiger Joe Exotic Tiger King. Joe Tiger Exotic. King. It was yep. called. Yeah. Yep. Remember that show during COVID? That's yeah. how we got through COVID. Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. And now I it turns seven, out this guy was down there all all the while. I want a seven part series on Howard. You're gonna need. You're gonna need. I, I mean, it feels like the big man should be getting three, five, ten percent for for figuring all this well, out, facilitating uh, this. Your platform is what took this to the next level. I'm not gonna lie. The Fireball folks reached out 
via my Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, asked, hey, do you have the information on this guy? Here is the exact quote. Uh, We'd love to send him some ammo to keep spreading the joy on the course. Let us know if you can get in touch with him. And I said, well, I can't. I don't know him at all, but he lives here on this course outside Tampa. Of course, I think sending some to the person who introduced Howard to the world would be appropriate. Yeah. Send some ammo my way as well. I'm sorry. Big fella. How would you how would you have found out about Howard if not for the person you're currently sliding into the DMs of? You know what? This is why I never want to see fake news about the media again. This is the good that the media can do. And, and oh, think, you're you're the media in this situation. Well, you said I did some investigative journalism. Would you know about it if not? Well, I mean, you shot a video, you posted it, you got a bunch of traffic out of it. Maybe one could argue you've already gotten quite enough out of this. And I'd imagine you were drinking some of Howard's fine fireball down there. Uh, I, I doubt had, you passed on that opportunity. No, I had one of it. I had one shot of it, sure. One, but, yeah. I mean, listen. One, it, everybody. It, he's on vacation. He had one. I, I think, well, no, just he's just the fireball. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, everything you just laid out, like, isn't that the media now? So, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what do you guys call those? Because we were talking in here in the control room. I always thought it was called a nip. But uh, Handman told me that that's just a New England thing. Is that a national thing? The little no, bottles is that is Nip a national thing or is that just local to New England? You're referring Nip to I- the airplane bottle. What is that yes. referred to as? Yes. Okay, yeah. Carlin. I have I, I've always referred to it as an airplane bottle. Nips yeah, same to with me. me. Nips to me were the smaller version of bottled beers. Like they would be, you could buy like a, a six or eight ounce beer in a bottle, like a twelve pack of that. And those waste of nips. time that is. Who wants to buy that? You're just going to get to your second beer faster. I, I know. I just learned that nip is just a New England thing. I, I legitimately thought this was everybody. I thought nip just meant a sip. Like I'm taking a nip of something. Yeah. That's also another context in which I've heard it before. But listen, there are people who are out there doing good. And this is what we have to remember. And I'll tell you, Peppermint Patty goes down kind of smooth after a fireball. Where were you at at that point in the course? Were you playing well? You got to the seventh. You're getting hit with T-shirt, cannon, fireball shots. Is your game solid at that point? And then what happens afterwards? I'm curious. It it was absolutely atrocious up until that point. It's the first time I've swung a club in eight months. Not that that would matter. What happened after that, though? Things steadily improved. Steadily. Tiger Woods looking for a new swing coach. Maybe he's been looking in the wrong place all this time. Yeah. And he's in Florida. call this the swing juice, you know? All, All right. I'm saying is, you know what? Fireball, you got the info. <laughs> Bring me up. You know, let's make it happen, Captain. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.